It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study live on Thursday evening, June 4th, 2009. We're halfway through 2009. We're glad you're a part of the Virtual Bible Study tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me on the program. I don't guess we're halfway through until uh, we get through June. Right. But we're getting close to halfway. Dad, welcome to the program tonight. Thank you, Jacob. Great to be with you. We are approaching four full years of doing the virtual Bible study yeah, coming in up in weeks. July. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not far away from that. So we'll, we'll be, be going into to, the fifth year. Yeah, close to 200 episodes, and all of them are available on our website. You can go there in archive form. And check out all the past programs we've ever done. And actually, <clears throat> although we're not commending our own work here, I am suggesting that that serves as a sort of a resource. If if you are studying a subject and and you you know are looking for some information, there's almost 200 programs out there, and there's a wide variety of subjects. So if you go to the archive page on our website, audio archives. And, and although we don't have a search engine on our website, if you'll hit Control F, that op- in Windows that will open a little little search box. Type in a keyword, and it'll find that word on the page. For instance, if you were going to look up the word baptism, if you wanted some information on the subject of baptism, if you would go Control F, when that box opens up, if you type in baptism and click Enter, then it will it will show you. As you go next, 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 it will show every title in our archives that has baptism in the title. So you can use that as sort of a search to find information on various topics. We probably ought to put a search on there. We probably should, but that works. That will work. And you don't have to figure out how to make it work. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't have to get involved in that search engine business. And you know, four years of programs, 200 programs, 200 hours of discussion we haven't repeated too many subjects. That's right. So there's a lot. There really are a lot of topics out there. And we still have a lot of subjects that we haven't touched on. That's right. A lot of things to so talk about. So we hope about. you'll join us for the next four years, Lord yeah, willing. Yeah, Lord willing. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com is the way you join in on the discussion. And, Dad, you know, we have quite a few listeners who catch us live on Thursday evenings, but a majority of our listeners listen to us in the archive version via our podcast that they've signed up with their podcast receiver or just manually go out to our website and check out our programs. We'd like to hear from those listeners. Just let us know that you catch the virtual Bible study where you are and let us know you're out there. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd just take a minute to send us an email anytime and let us know you're out there. Or if you'd like to suggest a topic, you do the control F search on our website and you can't find a certain topic that we've discussed. Maybe you could suggest a topic for us. We'd love to Take your suggestion, and we can make it a program in the coming weeks. That's exactly right. And speaking of coming weeks, Jacob, before we get into our program tonight, we should announce again, repeat again, that a week from Monday, June 15th, begins our Vacation Bible School here at College View. And uh, we'll have classes for all ages, including the adults. 
Steve Walker, uh, who preaches in Sewanee, Kentucky, will be here, Lord willing, to teach us, uh, teach the teenagers and the adults. And all the classes, including that adult class, are going to be studying the same theme, events in the life of Jesus. And sort of the sort of the thread that ties them all together are events that happened on mountains in the life of Jesus. We're going to start with the Sermon on the Mount Monday night. And we're going to talk about Tuesday night, Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Wednesday night, the Mount of Olives concerning the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. Thursday night, Mount Calvary to discuss the crucifixion. And Friday night, again, Mount of Olives concerning the ascension of Jesus to heaven. So five nights all about the life of Jesus, important events in the life of Jesus. And I think it'll be a really good study. It'll be good for the children, but also good for adults. And if you, any listeners who are in the Middle Tennessee area, uh, we really invite you to come and encourage you to come. It's, it'll be at 7 o'clock each evening, 7 until 8. We'll keep it right at an hour each night. And on Thursday night, Jacob, we'll plan to do the virtual Bible study right at the end of that, as we typically do when we have a meeting here at College View. All right. So we hope you'll make plans to come to the, vir- the Vacation Bible School and then catch the virtual Bible study following it on Thursday, but come all week, Monday through Friday, it's not Sunday fifth. now, but you can right. come on Sunday, but sure. the Vacation Bible School will be going 15th through the 19th. 15th through the 19th of this month. June. Two, June. two weeks, so That's one right. week away from Monday. Starts a week from Monday. All right, so make your plans now. Well, we have an interesting topic uh, for tonight, Dan, a, a topic that I think uh, we need to discuss because it has implications in every aspect of our lives. Uh, they really, I think, the secret to a lot of the problems that we have in our lives and a lot of the, the struggles that we have are wrapped up in our topic tonight. That's right, Jacob. We want to talk about thought control tonight. Uh, the idea of keeping our minds on proper things, avoiding allowing our minds to go to evil thoughts. So we're going to talk about thought control in our uh, virtual Bible study tonight. And earlier today to our update list, we sent out three questions. We're still seeking input. If you have not responded yet, we hope you will. Uh, Number one question, what are the greatest dangers in the world today that lead people to think on wrong things? And so what are some of the influences? What are some of the things that exist out there in the world that would prompt people to think on evil thoughts? What are some of the things? In other words, we need to be aware. What are some of the things that could take us down the wrong direction uh, in our thought processes? Number two, what suggestions can you offer to help us, help us all keep on Keep evil thoughts out of our hearts and keep us thinking on right things. So give us some suggestions. First of all, tell us where the dangers lie. Secondly, give us suggestions that you think are are helpful to keep us thinking on right things, away from evil things. And then specifically, we want to talk a little while tonight specifically about the problem of pornography. And if you were if you were in a situation where someone came to you and they were having a problem dealing with pornography, and there's plenty of that in the world today. And somebody comes to you and says, I'm really having a problem with pornography. How, how can I overcome that? What biblical principles, what, what Bible verses, what things would you give them as an assistance, a help? What kind of things would you tell them to encourage them as they deal with the problem of pornography, which is becoming a so increasingly huge problem? We'll make an application to the more general topic that we'll begin the program with. We'll make an application, and then you can take what we talk about and make the more broader application to any aspect of your life. But this is an important subject, and so we'd like to talk to you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. 
com, or you can join in on the chat room and jo- chat with other listeners who are viewing our program as well. If you're watching our program from Ustream.tv, you notice the instructions in the bottom of your screen. Click on that link at the bottom of your screen, and you can go to our show page where you can join in on the chat room. Jason in Pennsylvania is in the chat room tonight, and he is foregoing a big hockey game that he could be watching tonight. Very good. So, Appreciate that, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And it looks like uh, that uh, regular chatter Bismarck is in the chat room. And he is foregoing the hockey game as well. They're talking about that. They're yeah. lamenting the fact that they are missing their hockey game. Do we need to get in a fight here to sort of replicate a hockey game? Uh, I don't know. We could maybe you know, uh, uh, check you against the wall. Yeah. Okay. But uh, we appreciate them listening. And, and that is people who are getting into that chat room are enjoying to be able to give a little uh, give and take among themselves on the subjects that we are discussing. So uh, uh, if you if you haven't tried that out, you might like to do that. Um, you, Jacob, in a response to what you just said, we have Harv in Pennsylvania. Uh, he says, uh, uh, viewing the VBS tonight, I catch each episode in iTunes each week. Thanks for the good effort and service to the Lord. So he's a he's a typical uh, podcast listener, but tonight he's listening live. So good to have you out there, Harv. Appreciate uh, Harv's been around for almost the four years, I think, that we've been broadcasting. Uh, yeah, we've he's been listening heard from him Thank periodically. You. Thank you for being out there. Uh, and, and I'm getting an instant message from uh, Jared in Cookville, who is is mad because now in order to actually chat in the chat room, you have to establish an account. That wasn't so in the early weeks we were doing that, but it's a, it's an easy free thing to do if you'll set yourself up an account. Uh, you can you can view the chat room, but you can't post things in the chat room unless you have an account going there. And so uh, that is the case, and uh, and we would encourage you to do that. It's not hard to do. Just try that out. All right. Thank you all for being out there tonight. Okay, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. As we talk about our thoughts and controlling them, and the Bible takes great uh, pains to tell us the importance of keeping our our thoughts in check and making sure that we bring them into harmony with what the scriptures teach. The the Bible says a lot about thought control and the need for it because God obviously understands how we're made and he knows how we, how we function and he knows what is very obvious. And that is thoughts precede actions. In other words, I don't just go out and do something bad. I think about it first and I think about it and think about it. And then I finally do it. So you can you can prevent the evil deed if you can control the thought. If you can get your thoughts right, you'll have a much easier job controlling evil actions. God knows that. He made us. He knows how we function. And therefore, the, the Scripture says a lot about that, Jacob. certainly does. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35, Jesus was getting on to the people there. He says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. There's one application for us. Are you having trouble saying things that you shouldn't say? Well, the problem is... Your mouth is, is evidencing what's in your thought process. You need to change your thoughts. In other words, if, if it's coming out of your mouth, it's a proof of the fact that you haven't been thinking right in your mind. That's what Jesus was saying. Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts dictate what you become. Certainly. Uh, Over uh, back earlier in the book of Proverbs in chapter 4, verse 
23, Proverbs 4, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And so we need to be diligent. And just like we would take care about protecting something physical, we need to protect our, our thoughts as well, make sure that they're thinking on the things they need to be thinking on. All right. And and we know, and there's there's some real examples, there's some Bible examples of people who let their minds go to the wrong sort of thing, and then they end up doing the wrong sort of thing. And maybe the best example of that is King David back in Second Samuel chapter 11. When he, it says in Second Samuel 11, verse 2, it came to pass in the eventide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David allowed the thought of that to, to stay in his mind. And then, as we said, thoughts precede actions. He saw, he thought, he proceeded to act in committing the sin with Bathsheba. That's, that's what we're talking about here. That's why this is such an important thing and why it is so critical for us to uh, keep our uh, thoughts pure. One verse, Jacob, that I'd sort of like to, to use as a theme for our discussion tonight, and I, I believe it would do us all well to memorize, very simple verse to memorize, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Matthew 5 verse 8, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now think about that. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. What does it say about those who are not pure in heart? The implication is clear. They will not see God. So if you want to see God, in other words, if you want to have an eternity with God in heaven, you got to keep your heart pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And let's not limit that application to the guy who just thinks the four-letter words in his mind and they come out in his in his mouth or the person who gets angry and thinks about getting plotting revenge. Any evil thing that we think is something that keeps our heart from being pure. And I really think we're going to talk tonight, and we've asked our, our listeners to give us some suggestions of how we can control our thoughts. But I, I would offer that as as a, a way to help. You're, you're starting to think about things you know you shouldn't be thinking about. If you have that verse memorized and remind yourself, blessed are the pure in heart. Wait a minute. That's not pure. I'm letting evil things be in my heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. If I keep that in my mind, I think it will be a help. And we need to also make sure that we are diligent and we exert effort, as we'll talk about in the program tonight. But just as we'd be very careful to avoid a physical sin, we need to avoid these things that would defile our mind as well and use a lot of of exertion and a lot of effort to make sure that our thoughts remain pure. We want to hear from you on the program tonight, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. Let me repeat the questions real quick. What are the dangers in the world that cause us to think evil? What are the things that we can do uh, to control our thoughts? What suggestions do you offer for thought control? So what are the dangers? What are the methods of controlling our thoughts? And third, we'll get to this last, but third and importantly, how would you counsel someone? And there are a lot of them in the world who are really struggling with pornography. How would you help somebody biblically give them guidance to help them overcome this problem of pornography. Join in on the discussion. We're late for a break, but before we go to the break, we'll leave with some thoughts from the chat room. So far, Jason in Pennsylvania references Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Jason goes on and says, thought control begins with the desire to and resolving to do what is right even in our hearts. And so we've got to make sure that we have that desire. Thank you for those thoughts, Jason. You can join in on the chat room or you can join in on the discussion now. We'd love to hear from you on the phone. Why not pick up the phone and give us a call? It's toll-free. We pay the bill tonight, 877-381-4567. 
Or if you don't want to use your phone tonight and you just want to email your comments, we welcome them as well. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Wow, this Internet thing is really growing. And what could be better than using the Internet for Bible study? I guess that's what they were thinking when they dreamed up the virtual Bible study. Good idea, don't you think? My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our families love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And welcome back. We're back a little bit sooner than we planned on. I threw a couple short ones in there for you to listen to, but we're back, and that's good because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. You know that last that last little clip from a couple of the young kids here at church uh, reminds me to tell folks Thursday night virtual Bible study would be a good time to turn off the TV and get the family around the computer. You know, I think families need to be spending time together in Bible study regularly. This is this is sort of an easy out. It's a good way to get an hour of Bible study in. And if you just gather them around the computer rather than the TV and listen to the virtual Bible study, it makes a, a good hour of family Bible study. All right. That sounds an awful lot like an ad that we have. Yeah. Well, or two. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good one. And so we need that. I think it's... Uh, well, never mind. I was going to pull it up there and play it since we were short there. Um, we've got some more discussion in the chat room. Anthony in Columbia says that even worldly folks recognize the benefit of meditation, but Christians need to meditate on God's word. And, and meditation is something that's becoming popular in our society, Dad, where you need to meditate and um, think about something that uh, takes your mind off of uh, something else that's troubling you and Certainly, there is benefit in that, but we have great benefit in taking our minds off of the evil world around us and meditating on God's Word. So thank you for those comments, Anthony. We appreciate that. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Take a minute to join in on the discussion tonight. We've got an email from Arthur in Cullioca, Tennessee, who offers the verse 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I think that's a good thing, to, a good verse to point out that this is what's expected of us. Bring into captivity every thought. In other words, we are expected to control our thoughts. Some people may imagine that it's okay. You can you can let your mind wander to anything that you want just as long as you don't act upon it. That's not true. Uh, we've got to control thoughts because thoughts will ultimately lead to actions. But even if they didn't, remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Jesus said there's a sin in just the, the looking and the thinking, even if it didn't lead to physical action. Uh, so it is necessary, as Second Corinthians 10, verse 5 says, to bring every thought into captivity. Uh, so we, we should be working at that. Thank you, Arthur. All right. And uh, as we talk about this, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into it later. We'll go ahead and, and uh, continue our discussion. Uh, some dangers. You ask about some dangers. Yeah. Uh, Gail in Columbia, Tennessee says some of the dangers she sees, unrighteous anger, selfishness, and not having love for others, God, and self. I think probably all three of those are exactly right that, 
if unrighteous anger is a failure to control thoughts. Certainly. In other words, if I let if I just let my mind run wild, I get angry and full of rage. Uh, I I can one bad thing leads to another. I think selfishness that she points out is certainly a key. Uh, that's that's your thoughts again. It's yeah. it, 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 it's it, all about it, me. It comes out in your actions, yeah. but it has to start in your thoughts where I'm just thinking about myself, right? And not having love for other self and God. Uh, so uh, if, if I'm thinking properly, if if I love others, I will think properly concerning them and and my relationship with them. If I love God, I will think properly about Him and my duties to Him, uh, and. If I love self, I you know we've talked before, Jacob, about this idea of self-love or self-esteem. Uh, I think the, the Bible, uh, the, the Bible acts upon the assumption that it's understood a man's going to love himself. You know, in Ephesians five, husbands are told to love their wives as they love themselves. It's assumed they love themselves. They should try to love their wives as much. Uh, Jesus said uh, to love your neighbor as yourself. Again, it's. That's based upon assumption that a man loves himself. Try loving your neighbor as much. So typically I don't think that we are too much troubled with uh, the need to motivate ourselves towards self-love more and more. I think we've probably got enough of that. Uh, What we can do, though, is use that as a standard. Love love others. Try loving others as much as we love ourselves. All right. Bismarck in the chat room has emailed his comments in uh, via email tonight, and he says, forgive me for this rambling answer, but here it goes. As technology gets more and more advanced, it becomes more exponentially, it becomes exponentially more difficult for the Christian to keep his thoughts and his heart pure. Think back just 50 years ago, no Internet, no computers, as we know them at least. Really? Think 20 <laughs> years ago. Even. Ten, ten years for the iPods even. Yeah. He says no iPods, no video games. He said the vectors through which information was delivered were vastly more limited. Now we have all these things and more, and our minds are constantly being fed information and are constantly being stimulated. This is truly a scary thing. With all of this information and stimulation, the mind becomes distracted, and certainly it is much harder to focus on spiritual things. Just one image, for example, of a scantily clad person seen while flipping through channels on the TV can send the unguarded mind to places it should not go. Music is particularly dangerous, especially for young people. It has a virulent effect on the thoughts of a person, even without their realizing it. Listening to certain music makes the malleable teenager want to also conform to the certain behaviors, dress, patterns of speech of people who listen to similar music. In other words, it tends to define them. I was just hearing from a relative about a Christian teenager who got into gothic-type music and even played in band, and as a result, has completely abandoned the Lord and taken her mother with her. Brethren, we need to open our eyes to the dangers of the digital age we live in. I I fantasize about being able to live on a commune with other Christians with no media of any kind. What a calming thing that would be. When you get that started, Anthony, let me know so I can come and join you. We need to quit trying to be like the world Make serious changes in our lives. Kill your TV, as some bumper stickers say. If we can't keep from seeing filthy things on it, keep your kids off the Internet, especially MySpace and Facebook. I could go on and on. A preacher I once knew made a frequent reference to the following scripture, and I think it is extremely valuable. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. He, refer- he emphasizes be still there. In other words, 
turn off some of these distractions and focus on God. So thank you for that a good comment tonight. From the chat room, again, I think echoing some of the things that Anthony was just in Anthony's email there. Uh, the chat, in the chat room, we look at things we shouldn't. We listen to things we shouldn't. So much filth out there that makes it hard to keep your mind pure. Just a click of a remote or a mouse and you have something you don't want to see. Uh, so, uh, again, the uh, uh, and they're, they're repeating that logo, kill your TV. I think that's probably well, a good and, model. And, the, and his, Anthony's email there. You, not many years ago, it was a big thing, I and mean, it seems like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago, where the big thing on Saturday night was to turn the radio on for an hour and listen to something. Yeah, people would go to the neighbor's house because they had a radio. and, and For and, an hour. Yeah. Now we've got them plugged into our ears all day long. Yeah. And and the majority of things that are coming across in those headphones or across those speakers are not pure things that we need to be thinking about, and so we're doing ourselves harm spiritually. So excellent comments tonight. Um, and we've got, a, we've got, I think, a relatively new listener. Joshua has found us in Kokomo, Indiana, and Joshua says the, the danger out there, the danger that leads people to think on wrong things, one word. He says Satan. And I think that's kind of interesting, Jacob, because I think he, I believe that's right. Satan is using these tools to get into our minds, to cause our minds to think on evil things. Um, if you, you got to, I don't know if it's accurate to think this way or not, but you've got to believe that Satan is really delighted with all the new means and methods available to him. He's got like uh, a whole lot of, of new little toys that he can use to, to get into our minds, to get us thinking the wrong way, and then, of course, ultimately to get us to, to do the wrong things. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, it says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He's got more devices now than he's ever had before. And, and they're he, electronic. And a lot of them are electronic, and he is really loving using those things. So I think Joshua's comment is right. Satan is the, is the danger. Satan's the one that's pushing all this stuff. That, he's the one that's behind it, ultimately, because what he wants to do is ruin us spiritually. He wants us to be lost eternally in hell and any means or method available to him, he'll use them all to try to get into our heads. Dean in Pennsylvania, or in Louisiana is defending his iPod in the chat room, though. He says, my iPod is full of sermons, audio Bibles, and the virtual Bible study. We give a hearty amen to your selection on your iPod. Thanks, there, Dean. Dean. But he, uh, just, before, uh, just before that, he had said, I might argue that all those things, talking about TV, computer, iPod, all that. He says, I, I might argue that all those things can be used for good, though. I use Facebook and Twitter to keep in touch with brethren. Remember, we choose our friends there like we do in real life. I guess they do call Facebook and and Twitter and so forth. They call those social networks. Well, you're going to have to be careful about choosing the right friends there, too, then. I think Dean's point is well taken. Uh Obviously, we hope that there is good that can be. We hope that, for instance, the uh, the computer can be a, a valuable tool. We're hoping that the virtual Bible study is that. But we cannot downplay the dangers too. And anybody who is who's just stumbling along through life, not being aware of the dangers, is just in for a fall. That, that's that's true today as well as has been true for thousands of years. If we're not alert. 
The devil is going to use whatever tool he has at his disposal today. And the tools are different today than they were just a few years ago. But he still wants your destruction just as he like he always has. And so we've got to be on guard because he's going to change his techniques and his tactics. We're up against another break. It's going quick tonight, and we've got lots to talk about. So we hope you'll stay tuned. We hope you'll join in on the discussion. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this week's bullet point. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. All of us have had the experience of buying a new gadget, only to find that it doesn't work nearly as well in reality as it did on that TV infomercial or in the magazine ad. It's a frustrating thing when an item doesn't serve the purpose for which it was bought. Oh, well, just one more thing to be added to the pile of things that are destined for the next garage sale. Have you ever stopped to consider that God may have these same feelings of disappointment over useless products? Paul wrote, quote, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Do you see it? The Father created us to accomplish good works. Those of us who are his children are supposed to fulfill his plan and accomplish these things in his service. How disappointed God must be when we don't serve the purpose for which we were created. Can you imagine how he feels when Christians live immorally, dress immodestly, talk indiscreetly, and act indecently? How it must disgust him when his own children won't worship faithfully, fail to study regularly, seldom engage in effective prayer, almost never share the gospel with a lost soul, and neglect to show love and concern for their brothers and sisters in Christ. He bought us with the precious blood of his son, but we don't do what we're supposed to do. Just as we finally give up on useless products and throw them away or put them in the garage sale pile, God will ultimately give up on those who won't serve him faithfully. Jesus said, quote, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. John 15, verses 2 and 6. Christian, are you serving the purpose for which you were created? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? A virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. There was one of your ads telling you to take the family, get away from the television, and turn on the computer. I, I put another one in towards the end of the program to remind you again. So you're going to get two reminders on the program tonight, but we hope you will. Be mindful of the way that you're using technology, as Anthony has pointed out to us. We've got to take some time to get away from that, get away from all of the filth that's on it, and think about things that are pure. Just in general, and I think Anthony alluded to this in his email tonight, you know, maybe these things are totally pure and wholesome, but our minds are fully engaged in some kind of thought throughout the day. And if it's not a spiritual thought then we are depriving ourselves of time that would have previously been used to think about things that are spiritual. Imagine if your car didn't have a radio. You would now think about things that are not current events or not the latest pop music. You would have time to think about God and his word. Imagine as if you, as you went through your activities in the day, you didn't have headphones, and you're not listening to this music, even if it's pure and wholesome music. But you're going to be thinking about something you could be thinking about God and his word. So we fill up our time and our thoughts 
the things that aren't spiritual, then we're going to be asking for trouble. That reminds me, the way you said that, Jacob, reminded me of what Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 6. When he said, uh, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. He said, think about and talk about the word of God. And all of those times that he mentioned, we're typically plugged into the radio, TV, Internet, iPod. Certainly. You're not talking to your kids when you're in the car anymore, when you're walking by the way. Right. So, uh, you know. We do. We've got to. We've got to overcome that. Certainly, as Dean mentioned in the chat room, there's a there's a positive side to technology, but we can't let technology take us away from what we ought to be doing: thinking seriously about God, His will, and doing His work uh, constantly throughout the day. Certainly. All right, Jacob. We we ask a second question, and that is um, how. What suggestions, what kind of suggestions would you offer to keep us from thinking about evil and to put, keep us in the direction of thinking on right things? And uh, I got an, in the email from Joshua, uh, he says, Philippians 4, 8, whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report. If there is any virtue and anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So he says, you, you've got to, you've got to focus on what is right and think upon what's right. Uh, we also have an email from Arthur, uh, another email from Arthur in which he suggests that same verse. You know, the mind is got to have something in it. We're going to be thinking about something. That's the way that our mind was designed to be thinking. So if we want to be careful about what we're thinking about, we're going to have to be making sure that we're exerting effort to think about these pure and holy things. I think that's the the key there is that we've got to put forth effort to do that. In other words, we just can't let our minds idle along in neutral because they will they will migrate to whatever stimulus is around us. And if it's a bad if it's something bad, it'll take us in that direction. We've got to focus our minds and consciously think about right things. Again, Arthur's email suggested that same verse. It's a very good verse, Philippians 4, verse 8. And also he mentions uh, Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You've got to keep our met- the meditations of our heart on right things. So there's some, a couple of good verses that are suggested as helps. Uh, Philippians 4, 8, Psalm 4, 19, 14. Uh, Gail says... Focus on God's promises and Bible principles. Don't be thinking about what others should or shouldn't be doing. Think about what you should do and do it. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Philippians, we just mentioned Philippians 4, verse 8. She mentions verse 9. And it says, They're the things which ye have learned and received and heard and seen in me. These things do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Examine yourself. Find out what is at the root of the evil thoughts. If you're thinking wrong things because you are angry or fearful, Take steps to get those things out of your life. I, I agree with Gail's comment there, and I would even take that a step further. This is really this is really an important thing. She says, find out what's the root of it. What, why am I thinking these bad things? And then when I discover what's causing me to think in that direction, get rid of that. Get that out of my life. If it is the computer that's causing me to go that way, then I'd be better off without a computer. Absolutely. Uh, if it's the TV, if it's the radio, whatever it is that's prompting me to spend time thinking things I shouldn't be thinking, 
get that out of my life. Jesus stated that principle, I think, very well. In Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. A good paraphrase of that. I think a fitting, accurate uh, uh, adaptation of that principle would be, if your computer offends thee, throw it out. Cast it from thee. It's profitable for thee that your computer should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. I think that'd be a, a, a fair application of the principle that Jesus taught there. Yeah, certainly. I was thinking while you're mentioning all that, that, that shows how the times have changed. You didn't mention friends. And earlier in history, it would have been if your friends are causing you to think uh, evilly. And uh, certainly that cert- still is the case. But perhaps the greater danger now is uh, is the computer and the television and the media that we have bombarding us on a constant basis. Well, yeah, but we couldn't downplay what you said either. I mean, the 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 power of our peers and those people that we're around it cannot be under it can't overstated. It can't be overstated. We can't underemphasize the importance of of picking to be around the right kind of people. Dean echoes yours. If the internet offends thee or causes you to send, unplug it. He says, and so good comments from Dean tonight in the chat room. All right, and Harvson's in. Psalm thirty-one, one. Job, Job. Oh, excuse me, Job thirty-one, one. And that is, I made a covenant with my right. eyes. Why then should I think upon a mate? I, I made a covenant with my eyes. In other words, I made up my mind. I, I made a commitment. I am not going to look at evil things. That's what you've got to do. If you don't have your mind made up ahead of time, then you're going to lie, then it's going to happen. You're going to end up letting your mind go. And to see and think on things that you shouldn't. You've got to make up your mind. You've got to make that covenant. This tells me that I'm in control of what I look on and what I think about. It's it's not something that just happens to me. It is a it is I'm in control of that. I determine how pure is my heart going to be. That's a decision that I make, and we need to maybe make it up our minds. It's going to be 100% pure. We're not going to allow the filth that Satan wants us to have in there to be in there. We're going to keep it out. I think that's exactly a really good point, Harv. I appreciate uh, that input as well. Uh, back to our emails, uh, things that will help us. Uh, Anthony says, pray, read more of the Bible, get the Bible on CD and listen to it in your car, limit the amount of secular music you listen to, limit the amount and type of TV that you watch. Those, those are, you know, that ought to be common sense sort of things. Uh, that that if I don't if I don't regulate myself and if I just allow if I allow these worldly influences to have free and open access to my thought processes it's going to corrupt my thought processes and I'll end up thinking on things I shouldn't be thinking about that right. just that just seems automatic I, I think uh, Anthony's exactly right Jason in Pennsylvania references Psalm 101 verse 3 I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes another good passage that shows us that we're in control what are you going to do how are you gonna? How are you gonna think you're in control of that? You know, uh, I, I have done this before, and I think it, it might be a good practice uh, on your on your computer monitor. Take that verse, Psalm 101, verse three. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Type that out on a little and tack it there uh, on the bottom of your or, or Psalm 31, one. I mean, uh, excuse me, Job 31, one that Harv sent in. I made a covenant with my eyes. You know, put put a Bible verse like that right there on your monitor 
And then if you're tempted to look at something you shouldn't see and you see that, maybe it'll shock you back to where you ought to be. Dean says he used to have some stickers in the shape of a TV with that Job 31.1 verse on it. And so I appreciate uh, Dean for those comments. I heard uh, in a sermon that I was listening to and the chatters in the chat room were talking about listening to sermons throughout your day. And I do that as well while I'm working. I listened to a sermon where the speaker made reference to Proverbs 4, verse 23, to keep our heart with all diligence. He also referenced in the remaining verses of that passage to show us how to do that. And they go along with the things that we've talked about tonight. In verse, He says, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Look at verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. If you want to keep your heart with diligence, what do you do? You put these evil lips far from you. Now, those could be your lips, but I think more likely those are the lips of someone who would be speaking evil around you. Maybe that is on the radio today, or maybe it's on the Internet. Put those lips far from you if you want to keep your heart with diligence. And then in verse 25, let thy eyes look right on and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. You look ahead at where you're going. Don't be distracted with what's going on in the world. You stay focused on God. That will help you keep your heart with all diligence. And then verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet and let thy ways, let all thy ways be established. You make sure that you're doing what's right. You focus on doing God's will. It'll keep you from thinking about doing things that are sinful. And then verse 27, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And so some excellent things there for us as we think about keeping our thoughts under control. Uh, I've got some other suggestions here. from an old outline that I had put together on this. And a lot of the things I, I noticed, a lot of things that were in the outline that I had have already been suggested by uh, our listeners. Uh, a lot of good suggestions. And I, uh, here's a couple more things I might add. Uh, certainly ask God for help. Uh, if you're having trouble with that, don't forget 1 Corinthians 10:13 says, There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. If you're having this temptation, ask God and seek his uh, help uh, and the escape route that he promises. Um, uh, we've, uh, we already talked about concentrating on the word of God. Uh, keep that in your heart. Psalm 119 verses 9 through 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto and according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I think that's real helpful. If I have Bible verses committed to memory and they're in my, like Matthew 5 verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. If I've got that in my heart and then I'm tempted to let my mind wander to bad things, that'll bring me back. Well, it'll be a check because you've got it hidden in your heart and you know that the scriptures tell you not to think that way. And so you won't be thinking that way. That's one way it's going to help. The second way it's going to help is we've talked about your mind's got to be thinking about something. And so if you've got God's word in there and you're thinking about it, you can't think about things that are evil. Exactly right. Our excellent passage. Uh, certainly be careful about your choice of friends. We've mentioned that. Uh, bad company corrupts good morals. First Corinthians 15, verse 33. Uh, and then something that's going to lead us into the discussion of our final segment, Jacob. You've got to shun all suggestive material. When, whenever, wherever it is, you've got, to, you've got to keep yourself from anything like pornography or anything even close to it. Uh, you've got to prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Or every right? form of evil. Every, form, anything every, evil. every time evil appears, you right, shun right. it. Right. Uh, 
And then one more thing before we, because I want to get to that, and we're going to spend our last time segment, Jacob, talking about pornography and the problem of it and how to help overcome that in people's lives. But one of the things that is is a help is confession. Uh, if you've got a problem, and if thought control is a big part of your problem, you're not able to keep your heart and mind on proper things, uh, confessing your faults to others and asking for their prayers and help and encouragement can be a big assist. First John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, that is God is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So certainly confess to him. But James 5 verse 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, more than once I've had people confess to me personally and privately that they were battling this problem of pornography and seeking prayers and help and encouragement. When you do that, God knows, again, he knows how we, how we work. And when we confess our faults to others, there's sort of an accountability relationship that develops. And so if, if, if another person knows that I'm struggling with something and they're checking with me from time to time and encouraging me, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an accountability that I feel about it that is helpful to overcome the problem. So confession is good for the soul. Not only good, it's commanded. We exactly need to be right. doing that. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We've got a lot, long way to go and a short time to get there, so stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Do you remember when elders, deacons, preachers, Bible class teachers, and all church members had a strong commitment to the Word? Do you recall when you could always count on book, chapter, and verse preaching from the pulpit? Can you think back to a time when Christians were known as people of the book because they knew their Bible so well? The College View Church is still trying to be a church like the church you read about in the Bible, and they're still doing the same things that you remember from way back when. Are you longing for a return to the way things used to be? Come and visit. See for yourself at the College View Church of Christ. Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and gather your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. We're talking about our thoughts and uh, making sure that we maintain pure thoughts because... Matthew 5, verse 8 tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We've got to make sure that we understand that, and uh, we're trying to make sure that we understand the tools that we need so that we can maintain those pure thoughts. Carol in North Alabama writes the little children's song about letting their eyes be careful what they see, their hands what they do, their feet where they go, etc. is good advice for their parents also, which goes along with Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Exactly right. Good, Another good verse to remember. Another passage that came to mind, a reference that closely echoes Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, is Psalm 24, the 24th Psalm, beginning of verse 3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? Who's going to be with God? He, hath, he who hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted his, up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. We've got to have that pure heart, and we need to be diligent about it. Exactly right. Let's, let's get to our last question, Jacob. We're going to run out of time here. We asked, uh, our last question was, 
What scriptural principles, verses, etc., would you offer to someone who is specifically battling the temptation of pornography? Uh, Anthony says, brothers and sisters, pornography is one of the most evil things Satan has devised. We need to warn our young people about it rather than blush and avoid the topic. Pornography is addictive and it destroys the mind. It utterly ruins a person's perception of and ability to properly nurture the sexual relationship of husband and wife. If we love our children, we will make sure they understand the very harmful consequences of pornography. The best verse I know to establish that viewing pornography is sinful is Jesus' warning in Matthew 5.28, where it speaks about looking upon a woman to lust after her, commits adultery in her heart. As for verses to encourage a Christian to get out of this addiction, I'm not able to think of much. I look forward to others' responses. Okay. Anthony agrees that it is a huge problem. Every every kind of statistic is available. Just before the program, I I was looking and there just uh, I just put in statistics on pornography and man, there was all kinds of sources. Um, one, one of the things here, let me, let me read this. Uh, more than seventy percent of men from eighteen to thirty four years old visit a pornographic site in a typical month. Get that. So 70% of men aged 18 to 35, 70%, almost three-fourths of men in that age group view a pornographic site at least once a month. High number. That's a very high number. And there's all kinds of statistics. We couldn't begin to cover all the statistics. Uh, If it was 1%, that'd be too high, and we would need to be on guard against it. Exactly right. Um, Joshua in Indiana writes, uh, remember, Romans thirteen fourteen make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. I think that's a powerful verse, by the way. Uh, uh, note that one. Romans thirteen fourteen make no provision for the flesh. We do that, don't we? We make provision for the flesh. In other words, we have little ways that we that we could can get to these things that we shouldn't even be getting to. We keep those little doors open. We don't mind. We we might say, well, I got I, I keep that door closed. I don't ever go there, but it's still there. We've made a provision. We made a little path that 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 we might just accidentally stumble down, where we ought to just get rid of that door completely. Make no provision for the flesh is a strong concept. Uh, he goes on and says, "I think the golden rule would work nicely as a principle too. Consider if someone looked at your daughter the way you look at uh, their daughter or wife, how would it make you feel? Angry, violated? Men might need to realize that somebody's little gr- that." That's somebody's little girl or wife they're lusting after, and we should treat her with the same sense of chastity and purity with which we would treat our own children, wives, etc. Most likely, we want others. We'd want others to look the other way, and we should do the same. Also, First Corinthians fifteen thirty-three is sometimes translated evil. Communication corrupts good morals. Um, communication is more broad than companions, and is a possible and is a possible definition. Companions gives you the idea that it's, it's merely flesh and blood friendships which can corrupt our morals, but communication involves any message with a sender, receiver, and sender and receiver like TV, radio, internet. Often we allow communication through TV, radio, and internet we would never allow from a flesh and blood person in our home. We must be sensitive to any communication as it affects our belief formation, even passive messages we receive through various media forms. Uh, really good. Uh, I think the new, new American Standard says evil communications, evil companions corrupt good morals. But if the King James says evil communication corrupts good morals. That, and communication can come not just if I'm in person with somebody, but through all these other means, well, too. The television and the Internet are companions to many these days as well. So certainly 
good uh, comments. Gail says we should urge such people who are battling pornography. Loving God and others are the two greatest commandments. Pornography is a sin against God and others. So think about that. That's good. Don't set evil before your eyes. Romans 13, 14. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. There again is Romans 13, 14. Very powerful. Bring every thought under obedience to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. The weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but mighty before God to the casting down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We started with that verse early in the program. I think it's really a good one. Um, Lloyd writes in an email. He says, a thought to go along. He mentioned several verses here. First uh, John 3. Well, it's all they're all. First John 3, verses 7 through 10. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. And so from that text, in other words, that text is saying you're, you're somebody's child. You're either the child of God or child of the devil. And he says if, you, if, if we are looking at pornography, lusting at an immodest woman, whose child are we? Think about that. In other words, whose camp does that put you in? You're looking at this stuff. You're engaged in this activity. Does it make you a child of God or a child of the devil? That that that'd be helpful, I think. It's not. You don't. You don't get to determine that just the way you want to define it. God's defined it, yeah. and the way that you behave, including your thoughts, defines if you're His child or not. And so that's a good question that uh, Lloyd presents for us. Thank you, Lloyd, for being out there tonight. Jacob, you know, one of the things that I I find particularly troubling is that there there are Christians who watch things, even go to movies that I mean, by the 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 very worldly rating system that's in the movies, the, the they're telling you before you go there. Worldly people are telling you this is not fit. Satan is. All through this movie, trying to get you to sin. Yeah, I mean, there's the rating, you know, very prominently displayed, and and the the worldly people are telling you this movie contains all kinds of stuff you shouldn't see or think about. But Christians go, and they and they offer the excuse oh, that stuff doesn't really bother me. You know, I can go and watch that, and it just really doesn't affect me. I, I think one or two things there's got to be true. Either you're not telling the truth. Or there's something wrong with you. Because if you're a normal person, viewing that stuff has an effect on you. And if it doesn't, then you're not something something's something's not right. You're not you're not a you're not a normal person. You're not thinking right. Or so it's it's one of those two things. Either you're deceiving yourself and it's not true, or there's something wrong with you. And either way, you need to stop looking at that stuff. Uh, I would challenge Christians who are listening to our broadcast if if that movie is rated something even like PG-13. PG? Or even PG, but certainly PG-13. The worldly people are telling you, don't come and see this. You don't want to see this. We're talking about having pure hearts. Who's going to see God? Those who have a pure heart. Notice what an R-rated film has. A film with this rating requires a viewer of under the age of 17 to have a parent or other adult guardian accompanying the viewer. 
may contain very strong language or strong sexual emphasis, strong explicit nudity, strong violence and gore, strong drug content. That's R. That's rated R. What's PG-13? You got that there? PG-13 may contain moderate language, minimal strong language, some explicit nudity. There's going to be some explicit nudity in a PG-13 movie, intense violence, gore, or mild drug content. That just doesn't really bother me. doesn't bother me. I, I'm Chris, have I, a, I, I want to have a pure heart and see God, but I can watch that, and it's not going to I hear Christians me. saying, ah, it just doesn't really bother me. Listen to that description. And then, How about, and, let's go to PG. May have mild violence and or action, mild language and sexual references, brief nudity, or revealing attire, Intense images, sexual even themes, PG, even PG, PG sexual it. themes, crude humor, or very mild drug references. But I want to have a pure heart and see God, but I'll go and pay my money so that they will put this in front of me so I can see in, in a PG movie the brief nudity, the sexual themes, the crude humor, and the mild violence. Because I want to have a pure heart and I want to see God, and I'm going to choose to and now this is not something that i'm just walking down the street and it happens i happen to hear somebody use some language they shouldn't use because i was just the wrong place i choose i want to have a pure heart and i make up my mind i'm going to have a pure heart and i'm going to go where they're going to put these sexual themes and crude humor in front of me in the pg movie even that does, doesn't work, does it? We're not going to we're not going to draw the lines and say if you go to a PG movie you're sinning, but we're saying you need to be very careful. Even a PG movie, there are things in there that will cause you to not have a pure heart. The devil will tempt you even in the PG movie. I see that careful. the chatters in the chat room are really discussing this right now as well, and they are in agreement that uh, what you say, what you see out there. Uh, uh, Bismarck says, I believe there's almost nothing worth watching except some animated G movies. There are even themes in G movies, though, that are yeah, not gotta, be ex- they're not acceptable in God's eyes. Yeah. You've got to be careful. got to be careful. Okay. We're out of time, Jacob. All right. Thank you for your comments tonight, Dad. I appreciate it. I think it's, a, it's an important topic, Jacob, and something that all of us, this affects all of us. There's not a single person listening to this that's not affected by what we talked about tonight. All right. Thank you all for your participation in the program tonight. Again, if you're listening to this in the archive version, let us know you're out there. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.